spinning back to the open side. Karim Betzer. Up the ball here for Simon, who's quick. Pete Simon looking for Karim Betzer. Back to Simon. Oh, that is wonderful. That is wild. That is amazing from the Wallabies. Hello and welcome to Pick and Drive Rugby, where the people's podcast providing a platform for rugby lovers to come together and support the game that's played in heaven. I'm your host, Ando. With me is Mitch, and we are doing a special live edition post the Waratahs versus the Highlanders. Mitch, instant reaction. We instant reaction. Not live. Not live. Well, I'm live right now. We're live. We're live. If you're happening to somehow tune into us, then you're live. Yeah, we'll check the door in a moment. But instant reaction pod, because we are here as happy, happy winners, Grinners, Waratahs winners fans are coming grinners. away with a pretty um, nervy 21 to 20 win. How are you feeling after the game? Excited, I yeah. think I'll say. That that last 20 minutes from the Waratahs is pretty nerve-wracking and we've been here mm-hmm. so many times this season. And in the last few Darren, years as well. As Darren Coleman has said in the post-match, you know, there's ways to lose games and they've often found that this year and so they found a way to win a game. So yep. you've got to be excited about that. We're up again. We've, another Aussie team has beat a Kiwi team. The Highlanders are two from two, or zero from two, zero from two. against Kiwi side. So, I mean, that's a positive, and let's focus on that. Yeah, exactly. So the Highlanders not getting a win on their Aussie tour after going down last week as well. So basically, we are just going to run through some of what our instant reactions to the game were, maybe highlight a couple of big points. Yep. Anything that comes up, really, got a pretty laissez-faire we'll approach to this through it, I guess. Yeah. So let's just start from the very beginning. The Tars, match kicks off. Pretty soon after, Lange Gleeson makes an amazing break after getting smashed in his first tackle of the game. Uh, (laughs) Makes an amazing break and then takes the tackle, doesn't get the pot pass away to Jake Gordon. And then a couple of phases later, the ball gets turned over. And that seemed to, in a way, set the tone for the match where the Tars would do something that was like genuinely good and then not execute. That's right. There was a number of times that I think I counted six, seven entries from the Waratahs into the Highlanders 22, and they came away with points like two or three times. Mm. So that conversion rate wasn't high enough. Yep. And like while they did well to get themselves down there a few times, like that break from Gleason was very exciting. Great run, hit the gap perfectly. But the ability for the team outside of him, not just it's not solely on Gleason, yep. that there weren't two or three options for him to, to find mm. is a little bit disappointing from the Waratahs at the moment. Yeah, definitely. And it... In the post-match um, press, we had an opportunity to have a chat with um, Izzy Parisi, and he was talking through just the team's frustration at knowing yep. that they're not converting the opportunities, they're not making the right decisions at the right moments, the comms aren't always being clearly communicated or received. And that and that was an interesting discussion that came out of that, that he yeah. says it's, it's a comms situation, it's a comms problem, it's not necessarily a, a tactical one. That when players are getting close to the line, they, the words he used were get white line fever. Yeah. Sort of get a bit excited and they'll go for the pick and drive as opposed to spreading it out wide. When the comms are there to say we need to get it wide to our outside backs. Hmm. And we know that the Waratahs have really exciting outside backs. Jorgensen, Nwongani to RC Peach, they can make things from nothing. But we're probably not utilising them enough at the moment. No, probably not. And, I mean, it, it just also speaks to where the Tars are at within the season. So this win brings them up to sixth on the ladder. Which currently. Is currently. Yeah. Sixth, like, as yeah. of now. Because as of right now. Yep. Most likely by the end of the weekend, they're probably yep. back down into eighth. Yeah, if the Reds get a win, then that'll 
um, they'll jump above the Waratahs again. But and the Force could definitely well. get that win too, and I'm backing the boys tipped. from the West. That's what you've tipped, mate. Yep. Um, but it just shows that when a team is down on luck, things just don't go in their favour. And kind of on that point, I don't want to harp on this too much because I don't think he decided the game one way or another, but Damon Murphy, some of his calls, man, were just really, <laughs> really confusing. Like, there were some moments where he'd ping a... Um, like, oh, there was one where a Highlanders player got a turnover when he barely released and went in for the ball and yep. got, got, the, got the turnover. And, so like, technically, to the, to the letter of the law, correct. Like, yeah, that's yeah, a penalty. Yeah. That's fine. But, he didn't, or he did release. He wasn't a tackler or whatever. He didn't have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, then, and then, like, a couple of minutes down the field, exact same picture, and the Waratahs player, Harry Johnson Holmes, yeah, gets pinged and then they instance. end up scoring. I mean, we watched offense. it from the media box on replay and we were both trying to kind of puzzling oh, and like the difference well, between the two the, I think Damon in that in, instance thought Harry Johnson Holmes with a tackler must have and because but, yeah. you know as the first player arriving you don't have to release it's a mm. tackler does but the, the, I guess my point within there was um, that there, there were some really there were some moments throughout that were of interest where as fans of either team you could justifiably be like mate what's going on here that's, that's yeah and it wasn't decision. one way or the other was it no nah, it was just consistently confusing in- consistently oh. inconsistent <laughs> Cons- yeah, consistently inconsistent and um uh, i had somebody jump on um one of our one of our posts and say oh yeah damon murphy helped the waratahs home with the win there and i was like yeah well he helped the highlanders get out in front in this in the start of the second half like yeah um, I, th- I don't think it's most it's more Damon Murphy. I thought it was more actually both teams not being able to withstand the pressure that the opposition was applying within those moments, and as a result, we're yep. infringing. Just Definitely. that usual kind of build up of pressure and a penalty for offside or overcommitting in a ruck happens. So the normal stuff. But back to the actual elements of the game itself. Um, one of the really interesting points for me is probably Michael Hooper having his best game of the season. He's 50-22 in the 38th minute of the game. I mean, I, I He had put, no right. He had Let's no just put right. it out there. As a, <laughs> as a breakaway, as a forward, look, we need to we need to take away his forwards card, I think. I think so. Well, I did ask in the post-match press. So I got this question in. That was a, good, that was a good laugh by DCT. Yeah, I loved it. Um, he, he thought I was being serious for a moment because uh, I started with like, hey, um... So with the injuries that you've had to Tane Edmund and Will Harrison, um, did Michael Hooper put his hand up for the fly half position this week? Because that 50-22 that he got was something special. And he, <laughs> he looked at me like seriously for a moment and it was like, then he actually laughed and seemed to enjoy it. And he was amazed with it too. Jake, Jakey wasn't too happy though. No. Uh, seemed to take some of the shine away from his 50-22 efforts. But uh, anyway, back to hoops. That was a really integral moment because it then led to the Fichetti try in the 39th minute right at the tail end of the first half. Really important championship minutes, all that kind of crap. Yep. But just really important in the scope of the game. That's right. And that, that game awareness that Michael Hooper brings is is just something that you know, you miss when you don't have a player of his caliber out on the field. When he's out there, he makes these these decisions. He makes these impacts. He gets these turnovers. He gets he gets these you know fifty twenty twos. If that's what we're going to start expecting from him, mm. he just gets better and better with age, isn't he? And and yep. what's so exciting, I guess, for Hooper too. There's this is a big year for rugby in yep. Australia. We've got the World Cup. Uh, we've got the Lions Tour coming up. There's been some talks around Hooper, you know, not necessarily being in, in form at the moment. There's even some talks after this game that he doesn't deserve to be in the Wallabies and, like, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Oh, but he's no. he's peaking at the right moments and he's moving into his form when it counts. And that's, that's what's good to see for Australian rugby in general. Yeah, a few other players that really stood up throughout the game. I think Parisi had, again, one of his better games for the Waratahs this season, probably up there with... 
or was it like two or three weeks ago? He was pretty pretty solid. Um, Fichetti was also really yeah, strong. Yeah, he was good against the force. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, Fichetti was really strong. Dump tackle, tip tackle. Yeah, fair enough. Took him by the horizontal and a guy landed on his arms. So yellow card, fair enough in my perspective. Um, but I thought they were all like Parisi, Fichetti, Hooper, Parecki. I thought Parecki was solid in D, mate. He's an absolute mongrel. And I guess also from from a Parecki perspective, it was good to see that he got through the majority of his minutes without having to come off with HIA or some form of con- concussion or symptoms because yep. he has had a few this season and he has yeah, had he that has. reoccurring issues with that. So let's yep. hope, let's touch wood that those concussion issues are, are behind him and that yep. he can get big consistent minutes for the Tars this year and move into a good Wallaby season as well. I saw him um, in a tunnel off in the... Yeah, tunnel, if you want to call it that, after the game. What are and... you doing in the tunnel after the game, Endo? Who, who <laughs> let you down there? Yeah, don't don't ask where I got all my free drink and food from. Um, but went down there and he was walking past, seemed completely fine. Um, we had a quick chat to him and he had massive ice pack on his shoulder, just being yep. like, you, you're all right, mate? And he's like, oh, yeah, nothing. It's just a sting. It'll be all right. It'll be all right. Um, yeah, so I mean, he's getting towards that age now where those big hits <laughs> you just no get ice you don't everywhere. Just, you don't just get up and keep playing on. You're like, I got ice on my like... shoulder from fist pumping after the win already. <laughs> um, but yeah, look, just some really, Another really good performances. Another player too, I don't think we can yes. get past him. He's had a monstrous uh, performance the last few weeks for the Waratahs. And um, have we mentioned Gleason? No, we haven't. We, we mentioned briefly mentioned at him at the beginning, but yeah. like Gleason, geez, the yep. physicality that he brings, he really mm. takes the Waratahs forward pack around him yep. to another level. Yep. And he did come off at half time, and Darren Coleman did mention in the post match presser that that was sort of, uh, I think it was, yeah, yeah. A cautionary thing. It was obviously something that they had thought about and had prepped. It wasn't necessarily an injury uh, replacement coming off. And he did say that he was tempted to keep, keep him on for longer because of the impact he was having, and he had to get talked out of that by the medical team. Yep. Um, but he does expect that we will see him play bigger minutes in the coming weeks, which will yep. be great. Yep. Harry Wilson, Lange Gleeson, next week in Townsville. How <laughs> good is that going to be? That'll the be battle of the redhead year. And mate, the battle of just the kind of like up and coming eights, you know, because Bobby Valentini has the mortgage on the eight. Um, well, I guess maybe not. Cause or the Gleeson, six. Or the six. It? Yeah, well, Bobby Valentini, I would kind of see as like the main number eight. And then kind of Lange Gleeson's the up and coming. But Harry Wilson's the one who's had his case being put forward for the last few years. <laughs> and justifiably so. So that's going to be a great, yeah. great hit out next weekend. Um, but look, okay. The Tars won 21 to 20. But I'm not going to say it was a good match. Yep. And I'm not going to say it was a an excellent performance from the Tars, although we can highlight players that had good moments and um, in, in a broader sense contributed well. Like, it was a pretty messy win. And against a better team than yep. the Highlanders, they would have lost yep. with the errors that they were making and with the lack of execution. Uh, I mean, the times. one positive I will say before we move into that uh, is the fact that they, even though they did get that yellow card to Fichetti in, what, the 61st minute? They conceded a try at the same time and the Highlanders then got the lead for the first time. They could have very easily withdrawn into themselves. Yep. And Jake Gordon spoke about it. He said that the the momentum was shifting towards the Highlanders and they were struggling to get that back. They are a very inexperienced side and they are coming in with a lot of new players, younger players. So they, there is a, a, a realistic opportunity for them to have lost that game yeah. and to have let the Highlanders take it away. The fact that they didn't do that was promising. They ground it back. Yep. They kept applying pressure, um, doing it in ways that were, as fans, was frustrating, not mm-hmm. taking shots at goal when they should have or yeah. kicking to corner and yeah. that sort of thing. But the fact is they did end up getting the victory and they did get the win, which was promising. And look, I mean, 
don't you just love that there's always two perspectives, right? Because we can look at this and go, yeah, it was a gutsy Tars win. They fought it out. The defense was strong and they came back down. But then conversely, like the Highlanders should have run away with this. They had a really strong bench. Um, they had some excellent players on the field. Aaron Smith was immense upon yep. his return back. Um, so well done to him. Really hard time within his life with everything going on. So he was the back to his second ref best, as I like to say. Um, but Jeez, that guy just doesn't stop, does he? Oh, it's amazing. And the amount of conversations he's having with Damon Murphy at different breaks and stuff like that, like, God, it must get frustrating as a referee. Um, but he's an amazing player, no doubt. Uh, and he seems like a pretty nice guy off the field as well. Yeah. So it's, it's annoying. I want to hate him, but he seems like a good bloke. Yeah. Um, anyway, just what do you say about the Highlanders? I mean, do they really deserve to be a part of the Super Rugby kind of setup? I mean, nowadays? do they? The... Does New Zealand really need to be coming back in a new broadcast deal, maybe offering say just what, four teams? Say what you want about the Waratahs, where they rank in Australian sport at the moment, where they rank in, you know, the Australian Super Rugby sides. Are they the worst? I don't know. Are the Force the worst? I don't know. But both teams have won consecutively against them. And mm. so our teams are better. Our worst teams are better than their worst teams, which means, yep. therefore... We are better. Overall, we're better. Yeah. Maybe that's how we should determine the Bledisloe from now on. <laughs> Who has the least worst team? Yeah. Well, whose who's worst team is better? <laughs> Jeez, we're, scoop, we're stooping low now, are we? Oh, we're getting to God. the bottom of the barrel. What this is, is what we're, this chat? What, what is this chat? This is what we're... This might be the only way legitimately for Australian rugby to win the Bledisloe back is just not be as bad as one of the worst teams. Yeah, look, okay. Maybe we need to chat about that on the regular pod. I, yeah. I like this series. Let's flesh it out a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but getting actually back into the game... Um, I'm just trying to think of, like, there were a couple of really big points. That last 90, oh, sorry, um, 78th minute moment where we get the penalty, there's been, what, two malls that we've received penalties from, yep. went back to the corner for the first one, and then they made the decision to go for the quick tap. Yeah, well, and, then, and then that. hit it up. You, absolutely you were firing up in the box. And I'm like, mate, they're not going to go for the scrum. Um, that way, at least, it was an interesting one, though, isn't it? So talk us through what your concern was within that moment when you're kind of like banging and screaming <laughs> out. Going, what are you I just, doing? It frustrates me. The idea of a quick tap is in the name, quick. Mm. If you've given been given the mark and you stand there as a team for 15 seconds ago, what are we going to do? Do we yep. kick it out? Probably longer. We'll take, do we take a line? 15, yeah. yeah, do we do we kick it out? Do we take a line out? Do we take yep. a scrum? No, let's go quick. The other team's set. And Although, so you neg- negate your opportunity by having the opposition set. Depending upon what you do with it, because I would agree with you in a general sense, right? But then now if I think back to what they actually did, um, they ended up passing it wide to a forward pod and then passing it one wider to, I think, Fiketti or Parisi, yep. who then took the hit a little bit wider so it wasn't around the cluster of forwards who are inevitably kind of like I mean, stuck there. I mean, the lu- they were also lucky with that call because Damon Murphy was right in the way and had to duck out of the way at the last minute. Yep. Had it hit him, they end up getting a scrum anyway. Yeah, correct. Um, so uh, at the very least, they obviously had thought through the approach and made a decision of, yeah, okay, we're going to take this. It's not the quick tap, which you're understandably talking to, yep. but they're, they're putting in place a set player, a set activity, which means that over the next couple of phases, they're trying to oh, look, my, my only My only issue with taking a quick tap in that instance is that you're essentially getting a forward pack yep. set ready to make the hit in front of you. Yeah, sure. And if you take a scrum, you're then getting rid of the hooker, the yep. props, the second rows. So you then your your backs on backs with your loose forwards. So there's mm. more space. And especially with the new scrum laws about the scrum nine pass not being able to come up past the halfway point. Yeah. So it gives someone like Will Harris or Wangie Gleeson, if he'd still been on at that point, um, time to kind of like 
rev up a bit. I reckon in that situation, put Teleni see you at eight um, and then move others into... Oh, but they don't have another lock at that point of the game. Yeah, he anyway, that would have been interesting. But, but yeah, that, that's my, my biggest gripe with that is that mm. by doing that, you then... And what happens? Like they did... They, justify, they justified it by switching it up and spreading it yep. wide. Yep. But realistically, it's still 15 on 15. So instance. jumping then back to a um, earlier question within the game, should the Tars have been taking more opportunities for things like penalties and drop goals considering the large number of entries into the 22 that they had of the Highlanders and then not coming away with points on multiple occasions? Um, we had a couple of comments on Twitter. Thank, Twitter, thanks, Josh, for raising this one. Um, should the Tars have been going for more drop goals and penalty kicks? Because... I mean, they weren't getting much fruit from their labours as it was. I mean, the, there's a lot to be said for scoreboard pressure and putting a team like the Highlanders under scoreboard pressure would have been, uh, you, you probably, you, you're looking at a different outcome, definitely. Half-time, 12-6, Highlanders still within range. The Waratahs had opportunities in the 22 and got turned away two or three times. Mm. So if they did a drop goal, if they took a shot at points, the, and to their credit, they did take a shot. Donaldson had a kick... Uh, in the 32nd minute, ten, on the 10 metres in front and missed it. Uh, so you, that sort of sh- puts those doubts in your mind whether yeah, it's the true. right decision to go for, for sticks or not yep. or to go to the corner. Yep. But you have to realise at that point, like the game leaders need to step up and say, we've been down here a number of times, we're getting turned over, we're going to more, we're getting the ball turned over, we're knocking it on, You know, we're not converting the points at the moment. Mm. Let's just take the points and get back up in our own half and, and yep. do it again. Keep yeah. that scoreboard ticking over. Yeah, completely agreed. Um, so, look, I'm not sure how much there is for us to kind of chat through with this game. Any other quick comments that you wanted to bring up before we kind of have our closing remarks? Um, I don't know. Nothing else is coming to mind. I think we've we've gone through the players that have really impressed. Um, have we given a reason as to why the Waratahs are the best team in Super Rugby and deserve to win the comp yet? Oh, because I've got a bet on them from the beginning of the season that they're going to win the competition this yep. year, and I'd really like that to come true. You'd really like it? Okay, cool. I'd really like it. Well, that's... Um, oh, one quick thing, though. Donaldson. Donaldson yep. at 10. He wasn't great tonight. Uh, and circling back to that discussion that Parisi highlighted of the com- communication, mm. that falls on him. That The communication from the 10 to the outside backs, that's his... It do, well, we don't know exactly where the breakdown of communication is that Paris is talking about. It could be the nine or the forwards not delivering. But when to you but the when you think about it, when a thirteen is not getting enough ball, yep, and getting that's it wide, that's usually the ten, the 10 yeah, who's okay. calling for it. And yeah, so look, and we have we look, we have seen a lot. The Waratahs tend to have that forward pod, that kind of screen, mm-hmm. and they'll hit them a lot of the time, and used to. Yep. Try to use them to rock it up the, the middle of the field without giving it to the backs as often. Yeah. Look, I'd like more variation in our attacking shape in terms of um, trusting the forward pod, giving it to them to be able to play out the back, kind of like James Slipper often does down at the Brumbies, where he'll get the ball as the central one. member of the forward pod and then playing it out back to the kind of 10 running around behind. Surely um, Harry could do that. I reckon Harry or Parecki. Parecki would have the experience and skills to be able to do that. Um, But I just think one of the problems that we had tonight was that a lot of the time when the ball was going to Donaldson, it was kind of predictable where where it was going to go, so we didn't have much of an option. Yeah, and the the Landers read that really well. They were coming up off the line, smacking them. And um, the Tars had a really clear... So there's, there's two other points. The Tars had a clear tactical kicking game, which meant that they were giving the ball away a fair bit and... 
a few unlucky bounces meant that they didn't get the pay that they were probably hoping for. But then in addition to that, they the Tars forwards were often receiving the ball and not presenting different pictures to the opposition defensive line. So like you have the forward pod setting up um, and either Gordon or um, Donaldson who's giving it to them, like it's really clear that it's going to the front of the arrowhead within a pod yep. and there's no variation. So why can't they be a little bit flatter and so the ball passes, be that the scrum half or the fly half, is getting the opportunity to hit the inside, middle, or outside man to provide more questions of the defence. Or, yep. if it goes to the first person, little pop pass. Give a different shape for the defence um, to be able to look at. It was variation. just too predictable. Yep. And that's part of the reason why I think our defence was so just... Sorry, our attack was so... Disjointed. Um, disjointed at times is because the landers were just able to read it pretty easily and it took moments of individual brilliance to break it rather than systemic brilliance. And when we go up against the bigger teams at the end of the competition, the Crusaders in a few weeks, they will make us, they will punish us. There. Oh yeah, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Um, especially if we kick the ball away as poor, not as poorly, but if we kick the ball away as much as we did tonight without the pay that they were hoping for or aiming for, mm. players like Lester Fango and Nuku will just unravel us. Um, so it's going to be really, really difficult. But yep. look, next week, Reds away, Townsville. Going to be a big match. You've yeah. already highlighted. Um, Lingy Gleeson, Harry Wilson. Gleeson, Harry Wilson. Uh, I Jake think, Gordon, Tate McDermott. Yeah, that'll be a big one. James well. O'Connor, although he's playing in the centres now. But 12, yeah. Tom Liner, mm-hmm. Ben Donaldson. Like There's some there's some tasty Australian matchup yeah, coming yeah, up. Definitely It'll be really so. interesting to see how the Reds play for us tomorrow yep. night against the force mm. uh, and see how that kind of progresses. Yep. Yeah. It's, yep, it's really exciting. I think we should probably wrap things up. People One have probably had enough. Yes. People have definitely had enough, but listening to the Waratahs. No, because there's more Waratahs this weekend. There and is the Waratahs. That is this weekend is the super W semi-final, which is going to be at Concord oval on Sunday. The game's been moved forward to I think it was 12.05 I think that's to account um, for the light levels yeah correct yep. um, so the game's been moved forward 12.05 at Concord Oval in Sydney the Waratahs are playing the Fijiana in Drua yep. and the Brumbies are playing the Reds in the second semi-final which will be played directly after the first yep. um, I'm going to be out there so if anybody wants to get in touch on Twitter feel free to say good day yep. I'm happy, happy to catch up and grab a beer um, but make sure if you're in Sydney, please get out to that game. The girls deserve our supporters, rugby-loving supporters. So get along, cheer them on. It's going to be a great game and see if the Tars can get over and get into the final of the Super W Comp. Concord Oval, Sunday, 12th. Fantastic. And for those as well listening along, we'll be back on Sunday night or Monday morning your time with our pod reviewing the rest of the action from the weekend of Super Rugby. So do uh, make sure you're checking in there. We'll probably put a locker room post up sometime on Sunday afternoon too. So if you do have any questions, anything you want us to focus on, do let us know. And, yep, we'll uh, we'll be back on your ears very shortly. It's been a pleasure, ladies and gentlemen. Have a wonderful weekend. Bye. Bye. Let's get into it. Rollercoaster of emotions for you, Darren. Nah, never in doubt. <laughs> yeah, nah, she was, uh, she was a bit stressful out there. And, uh, yeah, there was a period there in that second half where they got a roll on and we we'll, we'll sort of going error to back, back errors. I felt like the... The momentum and swung, we might have might have left us, but I'm just proud of the boys showed ticket to stay in it. And that composure at the end to get that try was um, was pretty special. I think um, in such a in a tight season, you're gonna have games where you, you felt you could have won, like you're you're in it and you lost, and then 
there's games where, as you say, it could have gone the other way and we won. So it'll all even out, but I'll definitely take that one. It was a little bit of a win too for the ladder, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Like, if I said I wasn't looking at the ladder, I'd be lying. I pretty much know who everyone's playing for the last five weeks. Um, but yeah, we got pretty clear goals what we wanted to do in this last six weeks and, and starting off the, the first step was tonight and we, we got the win and we just got to keep building momentum, get better at our game and you know, like I've said it a million times, you just got to hit the playoffs in form and uh, relatively healthy and, and your punches chance. It's a big performance from some of your wallabies as well. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I never do justice straight after the game given given out um, raps um, off the top of my head. I thought Teleni Siu was, was fucking, oh, sorry, was, was really big <laughs> and enormous. Dave Parecki had some big hits in midfield. Um, Hoops was everywhere. Um, yeah, who else did you like? I thought, yeah. Yeah, he did all right. He got belted on his first touch, actually. It was good for him smack up the chops early because he's... Um, his next one, he went straight through, and he's a bit unlucky not to score off that. And then he didn't get that pop to you mm -hmm. that I thought Jakey might have scored off it as well. But um, yeah, I'm glad he was. Jesus was tempting to wheel him back out in the second half for a bit as well. But thankfully, my, my medical and performance team talked me out of that because we you can get a bit greedy on that. But he's pulled up fine now, and he'll be able to go bigger, bigger next week. So, I was gonna say you talk about guys who impressed. Jaden actually played all right as well. You look at those two performance two. Moments, the turnover on, on your line, charge down. How important was that performance from Jake for just to really kind of settle the nerves and really get get the boys over the line? Yeah, no, there was the, you could look at how many different turning points there was. Um, I thought Mahe's contribution in the last 15 minutes was pretty good. Like, you throw that nice little ball that gets us a line break that gets into the attacking part of the field, and then obviously you got the try at the end. Um, but yeah, we've got, we've got enough experience out there and enough cool heads and and uh, big-time players that we shouldn't be rattled in those occasions. That's something I'd expect. Jake, um, one of those cool heads is you, you, you kind of sprayed people after that. I think the second try, you said you were quite angry at that point. Did you have to catch yourself and, and regather the team? And, and can you talk us through that period where it looked like it was all slipping away? And... Yeah, it was just sort of... Like Darren touched on, the momentum definitely swung their way, and <clears throat> yeah, I probably lost my call a little bit. I thought there was a, you know, we spoke about really exiting from our own well, and I thought we lost our way, you know, sort of that middle bit of that that second half when they started getting momentum, and that was a real clear point of ours coming into the week. So that was um, disappointing, um, but yeah, I was, I was happy with how we got ourselves back into the game. Some big moments, <clears throat> um, but yeah, you know, I thought my head. At the end, his contribution was outstanding. Some really big carries. His ball to Peachy through the middle. So, um, what I was proud of was how we bounced back. Because, uh, yeah, it did seem at some one point that the momentum was gone and we were going to struggle to get it back. Was anyone giving words at that point? Like any leaders about what needed to be done? And oh, we usually take a breath, and that's almost like a reset for us. Um, it's a good reset for me too sometimes because I'm um, can get can get animated at points. So that, it, yeah, it sort of gives you a chance to ground yourself and get back to the job. So, um, you know, we've got some good leaders out there with Jed, Porks and, and Hoops, and those guys are pretty good at steering us back on back on track, and um, that's what happened. 
you say Mahe go over like um, Jake with 90 seconds to go can you kind of paint a picture of the type of emotion the group's feeling particularly after it's been pretty pretty kind of difficult start to the season yeah it was relief to be honest um, you know I uh, we're training hard and, and our coaches are doing a massive amount of work to put us in a position to be able to perform so I thought that was great for our club you know everyone involved because um, we're not shirking it with trying everything at the moment and uh you know i thought we we're building quite nicely up until the blues game which uh, was a little bit disappointing with the score line but uh, we're starting to you know put some pretty good uh, performances here at home so still got plenty to work on um but i'm just stoked for the group coaching staff and everyone involved that we got the win tonight pretty vocal crowd towards the end of the the game there did that sort of help spur the players on to get the victory yeah they've been great all year um but yeah, you definitely feel it in those sort of clutch moments in games. They've been right behind us and yeah, we can't thank them enough. We've been really happy with the amount they've been showing up and cheering for us. Yeah. And did it mean a little bit more to the players tonight wearing the Indigenous jersey and getting the job done? Oh, I think we've just got some really proud Indigenous boys in our group. You know, Harrison Goddard and Dylan Peach. Dylan Peach actually did the design um, of our jersey and they both do a lot for their communities. So um, it's just good to be able to represent um, the Indigenous through our jersey, um, even better to win. If they said what on next week, Townsville, um, against the Reds, the team got better you last year, what it means to kind of to get get over them and do you kind of spruik that Queensland, um, New South Wales rivalry, really try and get an extra edge out of this team? Yeah, uh, we will. Uh, maybe not. Yeah, it's sort of when you play them so regularly, it's, it's a bit tricky to keep calling on that, but... It's just one of those last six games we want to do well, and, and you're right, they, they had the wood on us last year. I'd like to get one back. And we're probably not in two dissimilar positions, maybe not playing at the level we want and what, what the, uh, the rugby public wants. So it'll be a good, uh, good ding-dong battle. I hope um, for that, though, I hope them and the force bash the shit out of each other tomorrow <laughs> night. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like you're never gonna, you're never gonna play pretty every week, and we've played ugly more than pretty this year. There's no doubt about it. But like we did some great things against the Brumbies in that. Like I thought some of our attack against the Brumbies was exceptional, and we we didn't get the win. Whereas today we toughed it out. You, if you're an odds player, like to be down, you'd prefer to be the defending team. Like the odds say that the defending team saves those. Most times they get a jackal or it's hard to score that win and try at the end of the game and then you've got to get it close enough for the post that you can kick it. So, um, and you just you just need those in your season. Like, there's, you're not going to go through, you're not going to win every close game and if you're, if, you're, if you're having a good season, you win more than you lose and I felt it to date we've lost more of those close games than we've won. So, to get that, it's belief, it's relief, it's... Um, yeah, I just want them to enjoy it this weekend. We've got an eight-day turnaround, which we haven't had for a while, so it's really important to me, the boys, get a couple of days off now, enjoy that, and uh, you go to bed tonight with that nice little warm glow over you, feel, over you that yeah, you've had a win. It's a completely different night's sleep than if you, we didn't get that try, so I'm, I'm looking forward to bed. DC, considering the injuries that you've had at 10 with Ed Ned and Will Harrison, was tonight maybe Michael Hooper putting his hand up for that position in <laughs> Did he kick with his right foot? I, I, I don't even know which foot. Yeah, he's, uh, we got three today, did we? You got, yeah, we got a few, yeah. 
and we were uh, we were unlucky to get one in the first half. We um, had great vision from the boys there, and uh, she was an ugly looking grubber, wasn't it? But uh, massive, yeah. massive play. I, I'm waiting to hear his his version of the event. <laughs> You'll hear mine first. Good on you, boys. Thank you. Clark, our opening thoughts, does that just feel like the game that got away in the end there? Yeah, it's pretty frustrating. Like We sort of got a bit of momentum back uh, into that second half and scored two quick tries, got in front. Uh, I don't think we entered their half after that, so they went down to 14 and we just sort of lost control of the game and we were holding on for 20 minutes and it, um, it was a game that definitely feels like got away. You really seem to have unlocked that attack from that sort of third quarter. What was sort of said that half time to really kind of spark the guys now? Oh, I think just a bit of accuracy. We knew there was going to be opportunity on, on the edges and we just we didn't quite take them in the first half. Um, then we got opportunity in the 22 and executed. Then after that, like I say, we didn't get that chance again. So disappointing, like they seem quite rattled at that point after giving up those two tries that looked a bit insane. Um, yeah, like it. Well, I think our team this year, we're, we've, we're learning every week, but we're learning um, big time. So last week was discipline. This week was, um, I, I guess, composure towards the end of the game. So, uh, yeah, hugely disappointing. Thanks a word on Aaron Smith getting back in, getting him back in society really kind of seemed to change that game. It took me about 50-22 from nothing, then the dart over to put you guys in front. Yeah, yeah, no, he's um, obviously... Pretty good player, so he, he uh, can do that from time off. Um, you know, he's a great leader for us as well. Uh, and he was really trying to take the boys with him, but uh, couldn't quite do it today. 50-22s, uh, Michael Hoopers wasn't, wasn't too bad as well off the back of the ruck. I guess it was a, a guy like Jaren Rucky as well. We kind of know his journey, but just what, what does he mean for this group and see him come back injury-free and sort of make that appearance off the bench? What does that mean for this group? Oh, he's a big part of our team. Um, he's a bit of a joker off the field, but um, he can do things not a lot of people can do. Uh, he, yeah, we got him back into the into the team and into the game today. Probably didn't get him the ball quite enough in that in that last part of the game, but uh, it's good to see him back out there. Unusual competition this with the table, and no one's out or in even at this point. Um, is it about keeping your guys' confidence levels high and belief levels high? Yeah, I think so. Like. We go home and play the Chiefs now, who are not a bad side. So, um, like the the motivation will be there. It's just uh, being able to do it for eighty minutes. Like to be able to beat a team like the Chiefs, we're going to, have to be a lot better than what we were tonight. Okay. All good, Thanks, Thank Thanks very much. Cheers.